the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. I really appreciate you listening and focusing on your retirement. Let's get you there. Uh, I think there's a great article. I own shares of Facebook. And there's a great article today in the New York Times that should scare you if you own shares of Facebook. And I'm saying this is, it's mind-blowingly well-written. Guy named uh, Chris Hughes, he was a co-founder of Facebook. He left the company in 2008, uh, but he was there in the beginning. He thinks that Facebook has too much power, according to the New York Times article. And I really, really want you to read one good article. The one thing that I, I give Apple credit for with their whole Apple News release that they came out with a couple weeks ago are like they're trying to get quality information from publishers. And I, I tip the hat to that. I think the New York Times is, is the newspaper of record. But in it, Hughes mentioned Zuckerberg's response to the spread of violent messages in Myanmar through Facebook services. The United Nations blamed Facebook services for helping to spread hate speech amidst a mounting crisis that led to 700,000 Muslims to flee the country in what was essentially ethnic cleansing. Now, when you say the word ethnic cleansing or the the words ethnic cleansing, it doesn't necessarily resonate because we live in the Bay Area. We live in California and we live in an area where people want to come to and vacation and drink our wines and eat our food. But Hughes decided to write this article, I think, in large part because Facebook's preparing to merge the technology behind its three messaging platforms. And ultimately, Facebook has the ability to have two billion people talk to each other. The messaging platforms, Facebook Messenger, Instagram, and WhatsApp. WhatsApp! Um, Merging them all together will probably be of amazing help in the world, but it probably will come with some negative ramifications. Can you believe we live in a world where... Ethnic cleansing happens still. You know, I can go back to the 1930s and go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We get the whole Hitler thing. That's, that's old history. We're no, nowhere near that. Stuff still happens like that. And I don't see it. So I don't feel it. And then I'm like, oh, Facebook. Did you see Mark Zuckerberg just bought two places in Lake Tahoe? <laughs> Join the crowd. Um, so I think it's time that we start thinking about Facebook, right? Hughes called the FTC's decision to let Facebook acquire Instagram and WhatsApp in the first place the regulator's biggest mistake and said all three entities should be broken into separate companies before Facebook weaves them together. Now, this makes it sound like Mark Zuckerberg's building a Death Star. Personally, I think it's Jeff Bezos who's building a Death Star. Facebook could soon be facing a fine of $5 billion, but that's nothing to them. The stock was up on that news. A $5 billion fine is, is a slap on the wrist? Facebook stock is up 45% in 2019. Woohoo! I own it. But then I see articles like this, and I'm like, oh. my dad died of cancer. And it was horrible to watch him go through it. And he left this earth way too early. 
And I feel mostly bad for my sister because she was in high school. At least I was in college kind of thing, right? Um, but Facebook is kind of doing the old Microsoft playbook and copying what other people do well. And Hughes makes, he, pulls, he lays out a pretty good case. Now, I'm not Pollyanna. Poor Pollyanna. No one wants to be like her. But Facebook is the perfect case of a company that we should look at and say, should we reverse course on it? Hughes went out of his way to say, hey, Google and Amazon got problems too. Um, and they're not harmless either. It's a good article. I highly recommend you take an eyeball look at it if you own shares. And maybe if you have a heart or you don't, that's fine too. Because like I said, my dad died of cancer. I owned Philip Morris for a while. Great dividend stock. And I was able to say things like, hey, well, my dad died of cancer, but he made that choice. Might have been some of the Agent Orange or something in Vietnam that he got exposed to. I don't know. But the cigarettes certainly didn't help. Listen to this changing topics. Uncle Sam doesn't give away too many freebies. Uncle Sam, the government. You know the one that they do that a lot of people don't realize is a freebie? is the 401k. Only 41% of people contribute to a 401k when they have the option. You could contribute up to $19,000 per year. And if you do, you save thousands of dollars on your taxes. Um, for people who are thinking about retirement, this is probably your best investment idea, the 401k, the 403b, or the 457, essentially all very similar vehicles that have tax, federal tax savings built into them. But here's why people don't contribute. They say they don't have the money. Everyone has money. It's how much are you saving? Are you able to save? I'm not going to put you through the ringer and say, well, when you go grocery shopping later today, before you check out, take five things out of your cart. No, I'm not going to do that. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about Acorns and other ways to save and things like that. Acorns is a great app for those who can't find money to save. They round up your purchases at grocery stores and they, they invest it for you. Round it up to the nearest dollar. Another reason people don't contribute to their 401k is they don't know about it. It's unbelievably hard for me to fathom that. But I have met people who have no clue what a 401k is. But they do know that the Warriors' Clay Thompson did step out of bounds last night. They do know that they have to re-up their season tickets sooner than later. But they don't know about 401k. I think the biggest reason people don't contribute to a 401k is laziness. There was one whole year of my adult life that I didn't contribute to a 401k because I thought it was automatically going in. I was too lazy to look at my pay stubs. Now my sugar booger looks at me every time I get a paycheck in the mail and I, I open it up and I look at it. She goes, why do you look at your paychecks all the time? Because I love money. Wrong. Another reason people don't contribute to their 401k, they think taxes are too hard to figure out. The tax savings, it's, it's automatic. You just don't pay federal taxes on the money. That's pretty cool. So there's a lot of blah, blah, blahs why people don't do it. If you make $100,000 a year, you can max it out, the 401k. I guarantee you can. You can even have a cup of coffee and even a vacation on occasion. There's something you're spending money on that's not smart. For six months, I ran cable TV, Comcast TV, side by side with my Roku. So I was paying for two sets of entertainment, and I didn't have to. There's somewhere you can find money that you can cut, chop, 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 out. Another retirement plan that I like that gets overlooked a lot is the SEP IRA for those who are independent, uh, self-employed, sole proprietors, single members. You know, one of the best ways you can do, the, one of the best ways you can marry financially, one person's an entrepreneur and one person works for a big company. The person who works for the big company gets the great health care benefits and all that kind of stuff. The person who has the SEP IRA could put away $56,000 a year, more than the 19000 that you can in, in the 401k, and they get better write-offs, too, as a small business owner. Anyhow, anyway, I'm Rob Black. You're not. Big seminar coming up in Los Gatos, the city of cats. I know, I know. You'll be there Thursday, next Thursday, 630 to 830. You can sign up at Rob Black's show. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Want the podcast with music? 
find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. And when I say all, I mean all. Disney had a nice quarter. Revenue beat forecasts. They got a nice boost from its recently concluded purchase of assets from 21st Century Fox. They saw growth from their direct-to-consumer operations like its majority-controlled Hulu service. And, of course, their theme parks are seeing no letdown in demand. They also released their movie slate for the next few years that involves a large focus on a new Star Wars franchise, I think starting in 2022. And they have a lot riding on Avatar, which they've acquired from picking up Fox. So you can hear a lot about Avatar. Two, three, four, and five. They're make, they've made all four of the movies, and now they're editing them. Crazy, right? Intel has been down in 11 out of the last 12 trading days. And I find that fascinating. Those are the kind of stocks that I like. So that's out there. Um... Yeah, I don't think we should be surprised that Disney had a good quarter, right? I don't think we should be surprised. Other big stock stories of note today. Tapestry. I know you're saying, who's Tapestry? They used to be Coach. Uh, Coach makes expensive handbags. And they've acquired enough companies that they're no longer Coach. Now they're just calling it Tapestry. It's kind of a Louis Vuitton, Moet, Hennessy, or Ralph Lauren kind of brand name, right? So revenue was essentially in line with expectations. Stores were up about 1%. Eh, I'll pass. I used to own Coach many, many, many years ago because they did something fasted in retail. They would change their inventory basically every two to three weeks. So you felt like you had to go to the store to see what the color was going to be for the season. You felt like you had to go to the store to get ahead of all your friends and buy expensive purses. I'm passive on it now. Norwegian Cruise Line, which I will say this once and I will say this again. My fear of getting caught on a boat with Kathy Lee Gifford is higher than anything else in the world. I will never be on a cruise line. Cruise line operator Norwegian reported adjusted quarterly profit of 83 cents per share. Above expectations, revenue also exceeded forecasts. Global demand was robust. I have no interest in cruises. None. (laughs) So... I've given up on coach and purses. I've given up on cruise lines because I have a crazy, crazy fear about Kathy Lee Gifford getting stuck on a boat with her. Can you imagine getting, you're on the boat and you don't see her and you don't see her and then the boat hits rock and it sinks and you're stuck on an island with Kathy Lee Gifford for life. Roku, Roku lost nine cents a share. Had a nice quarter though. Maker streaming video devices saw revenue beat expectation. They gave an upbeat current quarter, fa- quarter, quarter, current quarter forecast. I like Roku as a product. I'm nervous as all heck about it as a company. Because on one hand, they very, very much so are a hardware company. And that's what most people get and they see and they go, okay, got it. They make those little boxes. It wirelessly streams. It goes into your HDMI port. But they gave out some crazy statistics, like one out of three TVs sold now has Roku built into it. That's a good place to be. That's good real estate. Again, TV turnover isn't quite what we need it to be. So they're a winner, winner, chicken dinner today. And they will only go higher, in my opinion, as companies like Disney roll out new services and Netflix. Now, having Roku, sometimes you're like, okay, let's see what's on HBO. And you punch in your HBO code and hey, let's see what's on you know, your uh, your 
Google TV. Well, okay, there's nothing on Google TV today, so... You eventually go, let's see what this free Roku channel is all about. And it's, it's supported with commercials. And I'm not against commercials. I'm a snob. I'm not that much of a snob. But Roku, the channel is their secret sauce. It's their secret weapon. It's the card hidden up their sleeve. Um, and there's a couple other companies that do, like, the... Do you remember back in the day when you'd go to the video store on Friday after work? And you'd walk around, and you're like, hey, you want to see uh, that John Hughes movie? Uh, say anything? No, no, I don't want to see that. You want to see, what, uh, you want to see uh, a horror movie? And you go to the horror aisle and like, Friday the 13th, part 17? That's kind of what Roku's doing. They've got a channel where they get a lot of movies that you don't really, really have to see. And a lot of TV shows, not called Friends, but TV shows like ALF. And they put it on the channel. And it's free content. For those who have a Roku player, you suddenly have the, the, a universe of shows. Now, it may not be the highest quality universe. It may not be the... Some of it's not bad. Some of it's not bad. Like, I've never seen a John Wick movie. And, I like, John Wick 1 might be there. And now John Wick 3 is coming out. And, you know, good golly, if I've, you know, been biking and crashed my head and got a little bit of a percussion going, I might go, uh... I want to watch that John Wick movie. It's not bad. So they got that going. They got advertisements for other streaming companies. Roku's in a good place. I kind of like it. They monetize video ad impressions again, more than doubled year over year. Um, I started with a Roku player for my quote-unquote getaway cabin. And I basically killed Comcast because of it. So I got a Roku for the getaway cabin and YouTube TV. And then I'm like, okay, my personal home, the home where I live, I was like, let's get rid of the second cable box and go down to one. And then you get rid of the last cable box as you start realizing, like, this all works together pretty well. So Roku's in a good place. Can they get acquired? I think so. They're the leading smart TV operating system. It's expanding its user base by selling low-cost streaming devices. It's licensing its operating system to TV manufacturers and monetizing it through a higher margin advertising and content distribution platforms. Their metrics are impressive. Fourth quarter revenue grew 46%. Player revenue grew 77%. Their margins were nice and fat. It's like that old Hansel and Gretel, where the witch grabs kids, puts them in a uh, jail cell, and feeds them. So they get all nice and fat. I'd like to buy the stock. I just, I I haven't yet. And you should always consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. That's one that I would find interesting in a market correction. Because sometimes we throw the baby out with bathwater. Don't throw out the baby. Keep the bathwater. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Big seminar coming up next week. In Los Gatos, you can learn more by going to Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black, oh, just go to robblackshow.com and find the event and sign up for it in Los Gatos next Thursday and use code radio25 to get it for free. I'll talk about some stocks that I'm liking and, and interested in, whether it be Roku or Beyond Meat. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Little panic at the disco. High, high hopes. I've got high, high hopes for Wall Street, right? Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. What are your hopes for Wall Street these days with the whole Trump and China deal falling through or doing whatever it's doing? Mr. Burton, how are you? Yeah, really. I mean, who, what is it doing? Everything you hear is hearsay or fluff or a random tweet or a speech. I mean, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. But um, I mean, there's, there's definitely an issue where 
the, the market was pricing in a deal being done sooner than later. You could kind of see that because you had a large correction and then a rebound, and really the only thing that changed was the Fed's being softer on interest rates. And China is in this for the long term. You know, when they're, when they're dealing with a president that could be a one-term president, they don't mind playing these games for the long run. That's why the idea of trade deals are easy to win. It's, that's not really quite right. So this is going to go on for a while. Um, and this is why you just don't invest beyond your risk tolerance. You don't invest beyond your asset allocation goals, and you periodically rebalance. That was really some of the um, declines that we were seeing um, this last couple of days. Is you know People are just peeling a little bit off the table. They had a nice growth run since the beginning of the year. Um, really good returns since the beginning of the year. So peel that off um, if you're retired and replenish the cash that you've spent. I'm hearing you. You going to buy Uber tomorrow? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just thought I'd ask, see if I could slip it in and see if you messed it up. Missed it. I'm always more interested <sighs> in buying IPOs once the lockup periods end and you hit, you have that initial kind of pullback and wait till a couple of uh, quarter of the reports come out to see how much money these companies are truly losing. I don't say this often, and I go. I know I'm going off script. I've got a big seminar coming up next week that we're promoting. Um, in Los Gatos, but I know a couple fat cats at Uber, and it, it's actually destroyed my interest. They're so—they're not greedy. They're—they're just—I hate to use the word—they're almost money grubbers. It just—it's it, obnoxious the way they talk, and maybe that's—maybe everyone's like that, Chad. I'm just seeing it in, in these particular people, but it's concerning to me. Anyway, let's talk about major retirement mistakes. This is going to be a topic at our event coming up. Next Thursday in Los Gatos, 6.30 to 8.30. You can sign up by going to newfocusfinancial.com. If you Google major retirement mistakes, uh, the number one thing that comes back, not the number one thing, but it comes up as a topic is long-term care. What do we need to know about this? Yeah, and, and you know, yesterday, well, was on, on the 8th of May, I did a um, show, you know, major retirement mistakes that covered this and a lot of other things for the podcast. Okay. Uh, but every time I was trying to check back and look for old articles on this and find something that wasn't too general, the top in the top three for any article ever written, it seems, on major retirement mistakes, it's not planning for long-term care. And first of all, there's, there's different types of long-term care. And long-term care is if you need help with your activities of daily living when you're older. That's eating, dressing, bathing continents, toileting, that kind of stuff. And and as soon as you need that type of help, you know, you're you're kind of off the grid in terms of normal health insurance. You need somebody to either come to your home every so often, you need to be possibly in assisted living or full time nursing care. Um, there's even adult daycare homes. Um, so there's a there's several different types of care and sometimes people graduate into that care, but a lot of people retire in America with either not quite enough or just enough. And if they have a spouse that goes in and they suddenly find that, wow, my, my Medicare, my supplemental insurance, it doesn't cover it, you're talking about you know um, a cost that you weren't projecting in your plan of either somebody coming to help you with your spouse for a while, eventually moving into assisted living, and eventually maybe that person moves into a nursing home. And in the Bay Area, that's, that could be hundred grand a year. That's not covered. So, and we have this, you know, we have more people retiring in the next 10 years than the entire history of America, with 10,000 baby boomers turning 65. So the system is going to get strained. And the system yeah. that I'm talking about that does finally help pay for it is Medicaid. In California, it's called Medi-Cal. And to get on that for, for any help with long-term care, 
you're talking about spending down assets to poverty level. So you really need to start looking at this in, in your financial plan as part of your preparation. Um, at the age of 50 to 55, really start coming up with your plan on how you're going to deal with it. Are you going to self-insure? Are you going to sell your home? Are you going to buy insurance? Um, what's going to happen? you got to talk to your family about it, too, so they know your plan of care. I have a mother who is in a facility, and it's about seventy-five, eighty thousand, 80000 And it, it spikes a little bit based on her medications and how many times she sees a doctor. Chad, I'll tell you, it's one of the most discouraging things to talk about because when I we took her there, when we left, it, it honestly felt like we were leaving our mom in prison. And it looked like it, like you have to have, you have to check in, you have to check out um, her room. She's better off there than in a big home where she could fall downstairs, but it's not perfect, right? Um, just throwing that out there, just throwing that out there. No, I, I mean, you know, my grandmother was in a memory care facility. She graduated from like, you know, she moved into the apartment section where people were on call and eventually had to go into the memory care facility because she had dementia really bad. And she was there for, I think, three or four years. And I remember the first time I went to visit, you know, you have to punch a code to get into the kind of the commons area where all these rooms open up into the common area. And when I left, there was a guy that was trying to follow us out. And I kind of had to, like, shut the door in his face. And he didn't know, you know, what was going on. I saw the nurses coming over to help him and stuff like that. But it's a locked facility, so people don't wander around. And it is just, it was tough. It was, it's, it's, I, that's one of my big fears is that's how I end up. That's why I want to live as much life as I can before I'm like 75. What are the other options though? Cause you know, do you want me to take you to a, uh, like Yosemite and leave you there and just go, good luck, time to die. <laughs> you know, a bear's going to eat you. What are, what are our options if we can't afford this, this expensive care? Well, um, Again, you got to look at the insurance cost of it. Now, some companies still have the ability to buy group long-term care policies, and those are great because that's the one type of an insurance policy that is typically portable. In other words, when you leave your employer, you can take it with you, and it's typically cheaper than what you can get on your own. Um, so that, that doesn't happen often, but that that's one thing that you can ask HR when you know if you're in your 50s and you get the open enrollment and long-term care is an option. You need to hard, think long and hard about it. Because um, most people can't afford to insure. The only, typically, the only people, Rob, that can afford to insure their own health, long-term care costs, if you get to retirement and you're not even living off of all of your dividends and interest from your stocks and income from your real estate, if you're not even taking all of that to live. Yeah. Um, so if you're, you're living off of maybe 3% or less of your overall portfolio or net worth, you could probably self-insure. But most people are in the you know 4 to 6% range of withdrawals. And those people would be the ones that will run into problems. So you look at long-term care insurance, or now you can take your old life insurance policies that have cash value, that you don't really need the death benefit anymore, and you can roll them over tax-free into these newer policies where you can use the death benefit early to pay for the long-term care insurance, which is great, because somebody's going to get it anyway. You might as well get it earlier while you're alive. So the life insurance industry has changed because the long-term care industry failed to price the products correctly. Interesting, um, it, but I'm also going to use another I word, intimidating. Um, let's talk about how we set up the last couple of years. Dementia obviously is a big risk. You have to have a plan before you get dementia, right? Is that is that fair to say? Or you have to have a son or a daughter who, tr- who you trust? Yeah, um, and it's it's really you know doing your retirement plan is a perfect time to get your entire estate plan redone because. 
if you're doing a retirement plan and if you're going through the six tests that I talk about in that uh, in the blog that we have at newfocusfinancial.com, six very clear tests to make sure that you're ready to retire. One of them is those projections on what-if scenarios. Um, and typically, you're <clears throat> running a projection of a you know like a three to five year stay, but the dementia is the one where you know you have like my grandmother that was receiving some sort of care where her body was healthy for you know twelve years, but her mind wasn't. So that's the big risk right there. Now there are laws, Rob, where if that kind of thing happens, there's spousal impoverishment laws where we can protect assets for the well spouse. Um, but you're dealing with Medi-Cal, and so again, you, you've got to look at some of the insurance options when you're younger, but. I was just reading an article, and it's kind of a funny name. The, the guy that wrote it, his name is Christopher Robbins. He wrote one for um, Financial Advisor Magazine. And the title of it was, If You Think Something Is Wrong, If, you, if Dementia Is Suspected, Visit a Financial Advisor First. So a fee-only fiduciary-based financial advisor first, because a lot of people, you, you've got to get your documents in place before you get too bad. Your, your power of attorney, your health care directive, and your trust. And that will spell out the way that you want to be cared for and who is going to care for you. Because a lot of times if people go to the doctor first when they suspect something's wrong, they get tied up in the plan of care. And they get kind of, uh, you know, really more focused on, on the doctor end of it versus, well, i got to pay for it before it gets too bad. So I would say do both. Visit the doctor okay. and then also right away visit the financial advisor. Good stuff. Big event coming up in Los Gatos. People can learn more by going to newfocusfinancial.com. Sign up is there. Use the code radio25 if you've never been to an event. We've got about a little bit more than a minute. What else do we need to know is it, uh, on this topic, Chad? Well, it's, uh, again, the, the time that you want to start thinking about it is around age 50. Uh, because oh. once you get, you know, in mid to late 60s, the long-term care insurance costs, is, it's very expensive. So you do a financial plan first, and you say, do I have enough to retirement? A very detailed cash flow-oriented plan. And then you then write out your options. I'm going to self-insure, or no, I'm going to buy the insurance, or I'm going to roll over my life insurance policy, or I'm going to sell my house, or do a reverse mortgage, and then let your kids know what that plan of action is, plan A, B, and C. Thanks very much. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can get a podcast of the show that you did yesterday all about this topic and much, much more. You can learn about that at newfocusfinancial.com. You can sign up for the event. Uh, dementia and aging is expensive. Uh, long-term care, very, very needy. But do does it fit your plan? Find out more by going to newfocusfinancial.com. Sign up for the event. Use the code RADIO25. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I got a nice email from a listener yesterday who went out of his way to thank CFP Chad Burton for being on the show, saying that in the years he's been listening, he and his wife have start to squirrel away enough money and they've watched it grow that they're like, wow, we do have a financial future. And they never even thought about that. I think it's great. Hearing feedback like that is unbelievable. And it, it keeps people like me doing what I'm doing. I have to work with, I, I think, in some pretty intolerant conditions at times. I know you're saying, what's that mean? Don't you love your job? I do. But the one thing I'm never going to do is hurt you. And for instance, I just got pitched uh, Hey, can you put on your show a company that does vitamins? I'm like, no, I don't do a vitamin show. I don't, I don't even like interviewing people. I like talking to people. And that's a tough thing to pull off. So Chad does a great job, and uh, you should check out that podcast because it's, it's high infotainment. 
maybe the infotainment's a little on the weak side, but the education in it is, is hardcore good. So throwing that out there, lots of information at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Now, I'll say things on occasion that make no sense to you, and I get it. When I'm talking about Fortnite, you're like, why do you keep talking about that? Do you own shares in the company or something? That's not quite the, the idea, but um, it's where our eyeballs are. It, it's where our spending is. So when Chad says more people are going to retire in the next 10 years than have ever retired ever in the history of America, th- there's some action there that could be that be gamed, that can be you know played. I'm looking at two stocks today that just keep coming up on my screen. Intel's down 6%. That's a big down movement. I think it. I'll look at it, but you should look at it before I look at it. Because it's down 11 out of 12 days, and that's what I call an inefficiency. That guy who's won on Jeopardy 20 straight days or 30 straight days or 40 straight, you think that he's eventually going to lose. And for instance, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example on how efficiencies work in my head. The San Jose Sharks won Game 7 of their playoff series yesterday. Most exciting. Game 7s are awesome. I think it's the best thing in sports, Game 7s. It's all or nothing. Put up or shut up. Win or go home. And because they've won two Game 7s in a row against Vegas, now against Colorado, odds makers in Vegas are saying... Their luck's going to run out. Out of the four teams remaining, they have the lowest odds of winning the Stanley Cup. Now, if I ever won the Stanley Cup, I'm drinking brandy out of it. Filling it up to the, the, the brim with brandy, and I'm going to drink Lord Stanley's brandy. But their luck's about to run out, so thinks Vegas. Too many close calls with teams that were subpar to the, them. And uh, that's how Vegas is betting. You know, eventually your luck's going to run out, so we, we call you the underdogs at this point in time. Now, again, that'll change real quickly if they win their first two home games in the next series and maybe take one of the two from St. Louis. People say, ah, oh, they're going to win the Stanley Cup, and they're going to close out this series early. But it gets tougher and tougher as you, you slog along, right? So that's one stock I'm looking at is Intel. It's had 11 out of 12 negative days. That's fascinating to me. It's kind of exciting. Then I look at Stamps.com, and they're down 55% today, and that seems pretty inefficient. And I'll bet you a penny that stock uh, is up from where it's at right now, sometime in the next 24 hours of trading. So maybe by Monday's close, it'll be higher than it is, not down 55.2%. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll go from 37.36 to 40. Maybe it'll be a dead cat bounce for a couple minutes. I don't want to play it. A dead cat is a dead cat to me. I look at stamps.com, I go, no, 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 no. Uh, as Debbie Gibson once would say, only in my dreams... It was real as it could seem, but it was only in my dreams. Stamps.com to me is a dream stock. Uh, it's trading stock. It's not an investment. And I don't buy stocks. I don't trade stocks unless I'm willing to marry them. My mom once told me, never be intimate with a person unless you're willing to marry them. It was kind of a good gauge on what relationships not to get into. It was my mom's way of saying, show a little humility and think about what you're doing. I'm never going to marry Stamps.com. I never want it in my portfolio. When I'm 65 years old, and I'm on my deathbed, and I say, Stamps.com, you will know that it was a, the trading stock that got away from me. But that's okay. I don't need it. I see other things like Disney. I'm like, that's not going to get me into a lot of long-term trouble. Disney has all 32 teeth. Stamps.com, eh, I'm not going to... St- this, this is a bad analogy. Uh, but it looks like they once did crack. And you're saying, what did he just say? It's a bad analogy. I know that. But once you're once you once an addict, always an addict. I don't want anything to do with Stamps.com. 
It's just not my kind of stock. You know, remember what my mom said? Learn to learn to figure out what you're not. Roku up 21% today. Ah, Roku. You're on my my wish list, Roku. I want to find a way to get into you, play the next two or three years trends of people cutting the cord, and then get out. Maybe in the process you'll be acquired by someone like Google or Apple for the sheer number of eyeballs and installed base that you have. I don't think you're going to be a long-term, but I think you're going to be a good relationship, and I kind of want to know you. But I'm not going to marry you, because I, I, long-term, eh, hardware is a, d- a difficult business. Like, I remember back in the day, to show you how hardware is a difficult business. When I was 18 years old, Sony was the TV you wanted to have. A Sony Walkman was the, the, the music player that you had to have. And if you didn't have it, you were kind of you know, ghetto. People would say, ah, oh, you got a, a ripoff, a Vizio or something like that. Don't never be caught with a Vizio, right? Things change. Sony TVs are no longer the rage. Sony Walkman was crushed by Apple and the iPod. Things change. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up in Los Gatos. You can learn more at Rob Black Show and use code RADIO25 to sign up today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.